Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 27, the Ode to Sleep music video. Make sure you've listened to that video beforehand. Actually, it would be watch the video (laughs) and are ready for an in-depth analysis. Today is actually a monumental occasion for a couple reasons. Number one, it's our first music video analysis. Cue one of those really corny clapping tracks. I'm really excited. I genuinely didn't know what to expect and was slightly procrastinating just because it's so new and unfamiliar and I literally didn't know what to expect. But turns out, I think it'll be just about as long as a normal song analysis. So that's exciting and I think, I don't know, I can't speak for all the music videos yet because I haven't watched most of them in a really long time. I have a couple favorites that I've watched a few quite a few times but I'll let you know when they are those this one I actually completely forgot about I think I'd only seen it once before I don't even remember when and so I watched this again a couple weeks ago right after the song analysis before life happened and it just got delayed and I bawled my eyes out because it was very emotional and I completely forgot about it yeah so I'm really excited to dig into this video. I think it's a great start to analyzing because it offers so much to the song. It offers so much to the place it's at in their discography. And it offers so much in a spiritual, thematic way. So I think music videos are like their own little thing unto themselves. So normally where we would do a whole album wrap-up, I think it makes sense that we do a mini wrap-up after every music video, which basically just means that, like any album, like any novel, we're going to analyze the whole video, and then at the end we're going to go over themes, what is it as a whole, expressing spiritually, and yeah, I'm all about taking all the little pieces and giving the big ideas, because that's exactly why I do this. That's exactly why I I analyze things. And I think it's one thing to, like, analyze one song if you're a journalist or whatever. It's one thing to analyze a piece of something. But when you can analyze something as a whole work, it's just, it's that much richer and deeper of a review. And I just believe we should always strive to do comprehensive reviews whenever possible. And Personally, in my opinion, I think even trying to listen to a new artist musically, I don't think it's fair to give them a couple songs. I think you should at least give them a whole album before you decide if you do or don't like them. That's what I do, and I think I think that's only appropriate. Like, you wouldn't read part of one book an author read and be like, yeah, I hate them. Like, maybe you just hate that one book. In which case, at least read one full book before you make up your decision about whether you like this author or not. Same thing. You can't say you hate an author if you've only heard, or musician, if you've only heard one song. Like, that's just not even fair. That's such a tiny sliver of who they are. And anyway, I'm gonna get off the soapbox. So there's a lot to dig into here, and I'm really excited. So let's just get going. It's also a lot different because I know I'm gonna miss things. 
because unlike song analysis, I can't just sit here and stare at the lyrics. I have to recall all that I can from the video in my brain after having taken notes. So I'm definitely going to miss things, and that's okay. And that's why you're here, so you can bring up things that I miss. <laughs> but here's what I have, and here are my thoughts. So we start off, very appropriately, with a grainy self-made video of Tyler and Josh. I think this flows very well from the narrative of where they're at as a band. They're coming into their record deal. They're coming out of regional at best. They're coming out of everything being self-made and self-produced. And so it only makes sense that the video would start off this way, but also obviously because it has to because of when they filmed it and how small they were in comparison. Like they didn't have another option. But I just think that further emphasizes where they're at as a band in this current moment. I think it's a good snapshot for their first video. And I'm glad it's their first video. And as the narrator says, it's their first show out of Ohio, which is cute. And I love this quote. It's one of the first quotes the narrator says. And this is just like... Here we go, music video spiritual analysis 101. There really wasn't a good reason to capture footage that night other than an unspoken feeling between the two, a feeling that it would work. And I think nothing speaks of God more succinctly than that. I literally wrote in all caps, praise the Lord. And... It just goes to show that we can never see the full picture of our lives. We can never see what's going to happen. We can never see how where we're at is going to fit into the rest of our life. We're never going to fully comprehend everything in retrospect to the fullest degree that we can until either we've died or just the, the further along we go in life, the more and more we understand the past, but we're never going to like comprehensively understand everything. And so I just think this pays homage to God's sovereignty, God's timing as superior, and just this the fact that they had this feeling that they should start this video when they did in 2011 when they're playing at their first show out of the state and there's like a dozen people watching. Like, normally, if you're going to film your first music video, that's not going to be the setting, you know? Even if you have a tiny audience, you're not going to be like, okay, let's show our live performance where there's only a handful of people and make that our music video. It goes against our pride. It goes against our love of self-image and wanting to especially as an artist, look a certain way and impact in a certain way so that we can gain credibility. It goes against all of that, the way they started this, the way they filmed it, very low quality. And I think that just goes to show that God was using it for something bigger, as we obviously see through the rest of the video. And it just really goes against all of our instincts as humans, as people who want to be successful as the prideful, selfish people we are, and I think that just proves why it's God's work and not theirs. 
just the way this whole video goes about from this first narration into the first performance into the second into the third I couldn't help but think of Tyler's dad Chris Joseph and the amazing devotional he wrote in his book he co-authored called Just Thinking it's a 365 day devotional and I bought it last year when it came out. I believe it came out at the very end of 2020 but I bought it and got it in early January of 2021 and I'm currently going back through it for the second year in a row because there were days I missed last year and I'm really enjoying it and I just think exactly what he talks in here about Tyler about is so fitting for the setting of this music video and exactly the point in this video that we're talking about and so I just want to read this devotional for you guys because it's really good it's really emotional, so you may cry. I have read it two years in a row, and I've cried both times. I don't think I'll cry this time because I've read it a couple times now, but I couldn't not share it. And also, highly, highly recommend this devotional. It's not anything super dense. Every day is scripture verse. The devotional, It's they're literally all one page. Some sort of reflection, either from... Chris or his two co-authors and then there's a little prayer at the bottom which is good if you can't think of anything to pray but this devotion was, does exactly what it says which is called just thinking and every day is awesome because not only does it literally give you something to think about but it really provides a good basis for something to pray about and Every single topic for every single day is really timely. It's always going to be applicable to your life, no matter what, even if it's reflecting on something from the past. So with my, I haven't talked much about my quiet time and, and ways that I go about my faith in daily life on here, but I have been doing quiet time uh, the past few months, and I always start with just thinking. I I actually have a way more extensive than normal quiet time right now. It involves three to four components, depending on what I'm feeling for the day. Normally, I'm like max two, but with just thinking, it kind of comes and goes because some days I've done before, in which case I don't read it again just because I'd rather dig into scripture than reread a devotional. But anyway... Some days I'm like, no, I want to do all four components. So this is like way more extensive of a quiet time than I normally do. But anyway, I always do just thinking first because it sets the mood to enter into prayer and prepare my heart as I'm entering into quiet time before I do the other components of my quiet time. And it's obviously a very quick uh, devotional. So... Chris's devotional about Tyler is for January 22nd, and it's called On Stage. And the reason I wanted to read this is because the verse is Acts 4.13, which says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Here's the Devo. My first child was born with a certain kind of staph infection that gave him a 1 in 6,000 chance of surviving. I recall the heart-wrenching hours I spent beside his intensive care bed, praying to Jesus. After a desperate blood transfusion, the doctors and nurses got to witness a 1 in 6,000 miracle. 
Fast forward 28 years and I find myself on Father's Day in front of 60,000 people. This child of mine brought me up on stage to lead the hand motions to a song he was performing. The event brought to mind that while I'm just an ordinary man and my son is unschooled in music, we had both been with the extraordinary Jesus in that intensive care room all of those years ago. People continue to be astonished that my son, Tyler of 21 Pilots, fills arenas around the world for people to experience his shows. However, it's not surprising when you consider that we have a big God who can easily fill Madison Square Garden if he wants. All of us can have courage in what we do when we've been with Jesus. That last line's my favorite. And I think this ties in perfectly with the video because Tyler and Josh are just unschooled, ordinary men performing in front of a dozen people and they grow and they get more recognized and they become quote-unquote famous, but they're still just unschooled, ordinary men. And we can easily get things twisted when it comes to fame, but really all fame is is God working in a very specific way, especially when it's someone who's of the faith. And honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone is ever prepared or desiring of fame, but sometimes I wonder if um, God chooses people who are the most quote-unquote unschooled to rise to the occasion because they, they're not seeking it out and they don't think it should be them. Because God just like loves to work in weird backward ways like that so I just wouldn't put it past him I'm not saying this necessarily true I'm sure it's not but it's not a surprise to me that rather than someone who's very prideful or self-absorbed in their work that he would instead raise up someone in fame who is very humble and wanting to push him first and foremost into the spotlight so in this first portion where they're performing at the small intimate venue the crowd is watching intently, and Tyler does his classic thing where he's, like, shaking and moving around. I almost feel like it's literally a symbol of him being shaken by all these crazy thoughts, scary thoughts that are racing through his brain throughout Ode to Sleep. And he unzips his skeleton hoodie enough to start singing into the microphone, and he still keeps his face hidden for this whole first verse, which I think is so interesting because I, I, it feels a lot like it's a confession, more than just listening to the song alone. But when you watch this and you see how he's visually choosing to present the first verse, it very much feels like a vulnerable, nerve-wracking confession in front of these people who are intently and curiously waiting to see what he has to say. Of course, their, their skeleton outfits are very iconic throughout the Vessel era, but for the first time I was watching this and thinking about the way that it's a confession, and I thought of Anathema, which makes sense because this was originally on the album with Anathema and how it talks about what's behind my skull. You will never know what's behind my skull. I believe that's the line. If it's not, I know he says skull at one point. But regardless, he's literally showing us what's behind his skull through singing this first verse. 
through his costume. And I just thought that was very poignant to the lyrical themes going on. Then there's just Josh in his gorilla costume, which I really don't think that means anything. I think it's just him being silly and needing something to cover up with. However, I think it's funny that later on when they are in the huge venue, he does have a skeleton costume too, so they're matching, you know? But I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, okay, so they finally were able to afford Josh having a mass matching outfit. <laughs> like, they couldn't before, so they had to use the gorilla outfit. <laughs> but if you want to be punny, I think the gorilla outfit emphasizes that this is a hairy situation lyrically in this song. Am I right? So then he finishes the verse, and it feels like really ultimately the hugest confession Tyler is making is that some see a pen I see a harpoon because he flings the hood off after that like full vulnerability full visibility and so I think I don't know if I mentioned this already in the song but either way I'm going to emphasize it I think this just goes to show that while some people could see like hey you're making something cool, you're doing something creative, wow, look at you, like, just, like, heaping praise in his mind, it's like, but actually, I'm gonna hurt people inevitably, even with this thing that you think is cool, because I'm a sinner. You might see a pen, you might see something harmless, but I promise you, I'm gonna hurt someone, even if it's not directly, like, maybe I'll get greedy, maybe I'll get selfish, maybe I'll get egotistical, Like, this is not just a pen. It's going to lead to something that's darker because everything does in time because that's the world we live in. So, I mean, I resonate with that for sure. Nugget, do you? So then they go into the pre-chorus. We're still at this tiny venue with a dozen people watching. Josh has now taken the gorilla mask off. Don't worry, we can see them both now. They have revealed themselves. And then the crowd starts, the, the tiny little crowd starts clapping along with them as they sing the pre-chorus, and this shows that not only did he have a confession, but now he's being supported, he's being communicated back at by his listeners, and he's not alone anymore. So then the narrator comes back and we transition into... 2013, two years later, where they're now playing in a dark basement with 300 bands in Ohio. And I love how they're still showing them bringing in all of their equipment and still being just as involved as they were before, even though they're in a bigger venue. And I feel like even though it's a bigger crowd, I feel like this venue is a lot more intimate than the previous one. But maybe that's also because it's just more full. It's dark. It's sweaty. It's intimate. They're also both shirtless. I just, there's so much imagery of vulnerability here and having faith in being vulnerable, um, having faith that these dark thoughts, as the darkness literally emphasizes in this venue, are leading to light. It's leading to a vulnerability that is healing, and there's a lot more communication between the audience and Tyler compared to the first place, and there's a lot more literal connection 
physically and emotionally as they sing along and as they're touching each other in the audience. And I think it just continues to emphasize that not only is God allowing Tyler to be vulnerable, but through his vulnerability, God is working to allow listeners and fans to be vulnerable and also to... I completely just blanked and I really don't think I'm going to get it back but God's using these messages to bring others closer to himself and despite Tyler's fears and despite Tyler's insecurities and despite Tyler's sins God is still bringing so much out of what is being performed what is being said it just emphasizes that even when Not if, but even when there are imperfections, even when we mess up along the way, God's always going to weave it together for his glory. I think Tony Pilots is a perfect example of that, that there's going to be imperfections, there's going to be times where things are wrong, but that's not going to stop God from working through them anyway. So then we move along to the final portion and... It's 12,000 fans. It's 2014, a year later, and there's so many more people, and it's so much more advanced within a year's time. Like, it's mind-blowing how swiftly they blew up, and to me, there's no other explanation but God, because what? That's such a short amount of time. Like, how can you experience something like that? and hear the types of things that this narrator in this video is saying and not believe that God had a hand in this. Like, these are not coincidences. Obviously, the very first thing you notice visually is that the camera quality is infinitely more advanced, and they're obviously signed now with Fueled by Ramen. I feel like it kind of perfectly transitions the regional at best era into the vessel era through this music video as well, which is why I think it's perfect encapsulation of where the discography is at as well as how God's moving in the band's progress and he goes into the very long second verse and I love the fact that that's how this scene starts out because he's singing about the day that's forgotten and fake he's singing about Jesus he's singing about eternity in front of as many people as he possibly can in this moment And it just got me because he's singing about a day that's forgotten and fake to all these people in the audience who are the forgotten and fake towards the day. And it just perfectly complements the lyrics and perfectly emphasizes that as believers, this is the eternal reality and it's the eternal reality right now, whether you want to forget it or you want to disbelieve it. They all go into the rest of the song singing in unison and I love how it opens up from the studio recording into just listening to all of them singing along with Tyler. I think it perfectly echoes the sentiments of Forrest. We'll sing a chorus, one that everybody knows, hands held higher, we'll be on fire, singing songs that nobody wrote. The glory that is to come in heaven, I think worshiping at church is similar to concerts even though it's different sorts of music but at the same time like it for some reason in this video's context it really got me that 
what was being presented as all the fans were singing along was this idea that this is going to be us in eternity someday. Everyone's going to be singing in unison and praising all day and celebrating all day because of what's been overcome and what is reality in Christ. And that's exactly why I love their concerts. And I I love seeing all the different elements that even carried over into Blurry Face a bit, which was the very first concert that I went to with the kimono and the glasses Tyler wears and seeing Tyler and Josh bow at the end, which they've always done, but just kind of starting to see these different album eras blend together in this video was really cool and just really emphasizes my love for their concerts and how much their concerts echo eternity and I think this song and their choice to showcase their live music as the narrative to this video is just the perfect way to not only start the music videos but to emphasize why 21 Pilots concerts are such a depiction of what God has in store for us and you know most popular concerts are not like this they're about self-glory and it's just so cool when you can be at a concert this large and know that the intent behind it is for God regardless of what day Tyler and Josh are having regardless of what they're struggling with in their lives at the moment like their intent behind it is for God and there's just something so comforting and peaceful similar to I used to work at a church It's one thing to be doing life, you know, as we all do. (laughs) I feel like I'm so scatterbrained right now after work and everything, but it's one thing to just be going about life and and have your faith life and then have your work life and, and have all these different, you know. I don't mean your faith life is separate from all these other areas of your life, but, like, you have your Christian circles, and a lot of times those aren't the same as, like, your work circles or whatever. It was so cool working at a church and knowing that I was just that security blanket of like everyone around me has the same values I do. And that's exactly how I feel at 21 Pilots concerts. It's like I love concerts and I always get so much out of concerts. And even from musicians who are not Christians, I will see God present at concerts in different ways. But there's something so powerful about knowing that you're at not just a concert, but a very large concert and knowing that the priorities and the values behind the performers are the same as yours. You know that the way that they're trying to impact their listeners is the same moral code that you're operating under. It's just, it's there's something so awesome about just having that commonality and knowing that that commonality exists in a space with that many people and I just always have so much gratitude at 21 Pilots concerts because of that and it leads me to prayer during concert their concerts it helps me be so present in a way that at other concerts I might be already like oh no it's almost over or like focus too much on external things rather than just what's happening and how is this currently impacting me internally they bring me so much joy and I just think it's it's perfectly encapsulated and Ode to Sleep is a perfect encapsulation of what I feel like 21 Pilots is is us celebrating victories and us celebrating that we are a part of the final victory 
And I think Ode to Sleep will always pay great homage to that. And that's why it's one of my favorite songs, I would say, as far as impact, as far as resonance, as far as my identity. I feel like I don't think I have a favorite Tony One Pilot song. And I don't think, even if I did, I don't think it's Ode to Sleep, but, I, but Ode to Sleep is definitely up there. I've never actually ranked them or thought about what my top songs are, but Ode to Sleep will always mean so much to me. And this video means so much to me and speaks such volumes of God and his power. And I just, I love it. I love how there's a slow-mo part when he's saying you have no plans towards Satan and it's just kind of like savor this moment savor the fact that this used to be a doubt and and may still be a doubt you have no plans but savor knowing that there's already so much power over Satan knowing that you have God on your side you have all these people who are resonating who are also united in these doubts and these fears and that in and of itself is already like we're gonna overcome these lies and these fears and these doubts just by coming together and shouting them down slow down the moment and remember that god is what got you here um there's just so many metaphors and the fact that there's slow-mo remember where you started remember those 12 people remember the short amount of time span it took to get in front of these 12,000 people I just think that's a miracle from God that in one year it went from 300 to 12,000 you can't tell me that's not a miracle (laughs) and then at the very end it gives a call back to the first video as he's repeating the chorus I'll tell him he falls back on his fans at the very end and they catch him and I love that metaphor that he is relying on the fans to get him through he is relying on community to get him through and i think this video also emphasizes that community is needed to make it through community is needed to shout down satan's lies and community is needed to build others up to literally catch us when we fall to catch us when we are weak and again i think personally that's a lot of what the 21 Pilots logo is about as well, catching one another. And it also, him him falling into his fans represents spiritual weakness that we see throughout the lyrics in this song. And, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. It, it doesn't matter that Tyler's one of my greatest inspirations or, or an awesome creative person. Like, we are all spiritually weak. And that's that's not something any of us can escape. And that's exactly why we need God. Tyler needs God as much as I do. Josh needs God as much as I do. And you need God as much as I do. And this is perfectly tied into 2 Corinthians. So I'm going to read chapter 12 verses 9 through 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We wouldn't need God, and Jesus' work would not be complete if we didn't need him, if we were perfect, 
if we were strong and something I was reading in a book for my leadership study at my church is that we actually become more mature in our faith when we undergo hardship and grief and loss and I think that's really true I think we tend to think that those things take stuff away from us and in a way they do but more than that is they make us stronger in our faith and stronger in our compassion and empathy for others than we ever could have been without those trials and without those losses and loss is something we all undergo and weakness is something we all undergo so in that same way there's no need to be ashamed of falling short which is easier said than done because I definitely still struggle with shame when it comes to shortcomings but if we already know and meditate on the fact that we are weak and we are to boast in our weaknesses for God's strength and God's power to come through then there's no need to feel shame because it's expected that we're gonna mess up it's expected that we're gonna get it wrong and not just once but many many times and that's exactly why Jesus died for us so I love how it ended with cheering as well I put three little hearts the credits start rolling at the end of the video but you just hear cheering all the way until it fades out and represents so many things it represents joy in God's work through Tony pilots through their success through their vulnerability. I think the biggest thing that I always come back to when I think of cheering for 21 pilots is the gratitude for them to communicate really weak and vulnerable things. It's always so terrifying, like throw up in your mouth when you have to be vulnerable with people, but it's always the most impactful on other people when you choose to express your weaknesses and express the places where you're not perfect and where you desperately need God's support because we all struggle and are in those desperate places and in different ways in our lives and shame can also be broken down when we become more vulnerable with one another and prove to one another that we're all pretty messed up and so there's no need to feel shame because not one of us can boast and none of us are perfect and none of us have it all together and so maybe you don't struggle or sin the same exact way as some of the people you know but that doesn't make you any worse than them. I know some sins are more taboo than others but that doesn't make you any worse than other people and yeah I feel like I have talked about some themes as we've gone through this video already but I think the biggest themes are like Chris summarized in his devotional God can do it all he can fill Madison Square Garden if he wants to and he uses ordinary unschooled men and women to do so we can all be vessels. I think another huge theme is, again, just the idea of their live shows being a glimpse of heaven. Specifically, I think this video visually showcases that because it's not just about the lyrics. And I think it also proves that God's timing is always better than ours. And 
he can nudge us in very random ways like oh maybe we should start recording a music video tonight in front of like 12 people in this random dingy location <laughs> where maybe none of them know any of the words and maybe that'll actually be used for something someday and i don't know how they decided that but what i do know is it's always important to have consistent rhythms of stillness so that we can understand where we are most effectively to put our energy toward in different seasons of life and stillness is important to figure out where we can give the most of ourselves in a season of life both to certain people to certain places to certain groups to a podcast (laughs) stillness is invaluable for a lot of things and just from the little that I glimpse of Tyler and Josh, I mean, I have a hunch, I could be wrong, but I have a hunch that they both are pretty disciplined and good about having some sort of stillness consistency in their lives. If nothing else, their hiatus proves that. <laughs> and also, I think visually speaking, a huge reminder that I also want to emphasize because of my own podcast especially as this is a very special day where I have a pop filter, (laughs) is you can make an impact where you're at. And you can make an impact right now. And you don't need a bunch of excessive things. You don't need to look like anyone else. You don't need to mirror what someone else is doing. You just have to show up as yourself. And I know that always sounds really easy to say from someone who you may somehow think has something you don't. But God used me with nothing but my phone. Like, everyone has a phone. Like, most everyone has a phone. I just had a phone, and I had an idea. (laughs) And that's how this started. Did I ever think I would end up with a microphone and a pop filter? No, I did not. Would that be cool? Sure. And by God's grace, he has gotten me here. But that was never the plan. You know, I also I also live in an apartment and it's it's pretty small and it's pretty basic and I basically just have like very basic things and basically just one of everything because I'm poor and paying off my student loans. I'm very much a minimalist with my living space and yet if I want to have my whole mental health Bible study over that Hala is I'm finally starting on Monday. I'm co-leading it. I'm so excited. I've been planning this group for a year and it's finally happening. But, you know, I have a very minimalist space. It doesn't look as cool as a lot of my other friends' spaces, but I can still have an awesome Bible study here if I want to. With all my people crammed on my furniture and on my floor and any other corner that they can fit into. And I don't need a gajillion square feet. I don't need the fanciest furniture. I don't even need a rug. I can make it work. And it's literally all God wants of me. That's all he wants of you. You don't need anything fancy to invite people into your living space. Even if you live with your parents and all you have is your bedroom, you can serve people. You can be welcoming to people with the tiny little bit that you have. You can say something. You can have an impact on people with your words. Even if you only know one verse in the Bible, you can. 
and God will use you. You don't have to be special and unique and long-winded with your prayers. You don't need to have great word choice. You just need to show up as yourself. You just need to be a guy with a keyboard who does all these audio loops and track loops and says water really weird. God uses it. And he has every single time. And he is and will continue to with you even if you don't think he is right now. And that's pretty stinking cool because you don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. It's just God doing things. Which is like my inception for our brains because we always want to think that we're in control, but we're not. And so I just would really, really love to sit here with you for a couple more minutes and pray for all of us. Yeah, I want to pray for our hearts, for our insecurities, And along with insecurities, I also would really like to pray for shame as it has come up today. Hey God, thank you for all of my sweet friends who are listening. Thank you that you allow us to have a new beginning every minute of every day. I want to lift up all my friends and whatever they're insecure about whether it's their possessions, their living space, their job, their classes, their grades, their friendships, their lack of friendships, their family, their lack of family, and everything few and far in between. I pray that you would give us comfort that we don't need anything but to continue to point ourselves towards you and to nudge other people towards you. We truly don't need anything more than that, and you do give us so many promises. You have a room prepared for each of us. You have everything that we need, and where we are weak and where we fall short, you are strong. You have expected us to fall short. You're not surprised when we fall short, and you're certainly not ashamed of us. Lord, I know personally that shame is really malicious and it can also be very covert and sneaky and I just want to pray that that you would banish and chase out the shame from all of our lives wherever it is lingering. I pray that we would find power. You've given us a spirit of power and not one of fear because nothing that we experience is not something you have been tempted by. You know everything that we've been tempted by. You've been tempted by it when you were on earth. And nothing is new to you. Nothing is new to the human race. And even if we don't know people personally who are going through what we are ashamed of, there are people who are going through what we are battling shame with. We're not alone. We're not disgusting. We're not horrible. We are all equally beloved in your sight. And I pray that you would give us peace to let go of comparison and to enjoy one another in all of our unique skill sets. To lift one another up in our unique weaknesses and to find strength in knowing that when we are weak, we can fall on others and they can lift us up. And 
when we are strong, we can do our part to lift others up. Thank you that we are all in different seasons and thank you that you've given us our differences so that we can most effectively and lovingly aid one another. Thank you that we all don't go through horrible times at the exact same time and thank you that you give us hope and you give us steadfastness so we can store up for times when it's a lot harder to see it. Thank you that you always rejuvenate us, you always re-energize us, and you always promise to renew us and to create a clean heart in us once more. I pray all of this in your name. Amen. I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, music video, or album with me. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. You can find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. On Instagram, you can find me at Entrench underscore pod. Um, You might even say it's my music video visual element to my podcast. So if you want to know what I look like, see me in the flesh, analyze me and themes about me i don't know um you can catch me there i would say my facebook group is a lot of it can be just podcast updates and announcements a lot of there are occasional times like last week where life happens and i'm not able to upload and so i notify you in that group So if you want to know when the next podcast is coming for sure, because sometimes life happens, I update in the Facebook group. Sometimes I'll post random memes, but a lot of times it'll be like me sharing something in the Bible I've read recently that I connected with a song or an album or something, some sort of band theme or some other sort of Tony and Pilots connection with things going on in my life. That's a lot of what the Facebook group is and some people do and you're always welcome to add your own posts your own thoughts anything like that but if nothing else you can answer the questions that I have for you engage in the random reflections and thoughts that I have and stay up to date with when the next podcasts are in there the Instagram is a lot more random and (laughs) just kind of a lot of things sometimes it's just nugget being cuckoo so if you want to see what nugget looks like also on the instagram i have done a lot of complimentary posts i don't do consistent posts though but i praise the lord i just have to find the time but i have a lot of ideas for instagram posts i did do some photography in college and i have not gotten my camera out in a really long time and i really want to i have a lot of photo ideas and so i can start getting a little artsy on there post wise because i definitely have been very basic to date which is fine it's not as i don't care about it as much as the literal podcast but mostly i'll post on stories so sometimes i'll share funny or cute things that other fans are sharing on their instagrams sometimes i'll just do chatty videos to the camera 
either about what I'm doing podcast-wise or what I'm listening to from the band at the moment or I don't know it's always very random so it's hard to really encapsulate perfectly what's on there but point being the Facebook group and the Instagram are distinct enough that you're not going to get really any overlap content is what I'm trying to say that was a very long-winded way to say that the only potential overlap you would get obviously is like my podcast is out obviously I post that everywhere but by and large it's not overlap content so don't worry about that I'm too creative for my own good I have too many ideas I've thought about making a TikTok as well but it might just end up being added on as like reels on Instagram instead because I just I tried TikTok for a while and it was just like it was dangerous I can't I just don't feel like I should go back to that black hole let's be honest so I think because here's the thing guys I have a lot of I'm a big humor gal and I have a lot of ideas of like fandom jokes and role play and stuff like that it's like Tanner Josh right which would be great for TikTok but I think chances are I'm gonna get too lazy and I'm just gonna start posting on Instagram as like reels instead or something so someday you'll see something but again I feel like I shouldn't have even mentioned anything because I just have so many different billions of things that I want to do for you that I haven't so one thing at a time let's just start with this podcast (laughs) and I'll see you when I see you and you'll see my new content on my other channels when you see them and it'll be great so all of that being said, I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to seeing you if you so choose to engage with me on social media. And tune in next time for an iconic song, Holding On To You. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, in Trench, you're not alone. Welcome to my life. Anyone else watch all those uh, like bullying videos and stuff and substance abuse videos and stuff in middle school? It would always be like, welcome to my life. Or it'd be, this is the story of a girl. <sighs> Refreshing beverage. Um, Nugget is sprawled out next to me. And she is indeed rolling around on the Bible. <laughs> So, yeah, Uh, now she's biting me. No. Still in her angsty anger stage, but she doesn't like mama, but sometimes she does.